What, we some kind of suicide squad? I am Iron Man. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Server Anakin, I have the high ground. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Welcome back to the Big Movie Boys podcast, the only podcast that will entertain your kids and cause you to have an existential crisis. I'm your host, Jeremy Bauman, and with me as always is Bob Liebel. What's up, Big Movie Boys? I'm very excited for this episode. Very excited for 2021. We are off to a raucous start so far this year and ben stitch how's it going guys so i just watched the final episode of jeopardy bob you claim to be the bigger jeopardy fan than i am you already told me you didn't watch it i'm a little disappointed with you i just want to let you guys know they did like this little three minute tribute at the end of like all of his like uh, just a bunch of mashups and it was pretty sad it was pretty cool and uh besides like just having nobody's on as like the three people it was a pretty cool ending. Just kind of obviously sad. Like he's he's clearly weak, and obviously we all know like he's passed away. It's just it, so it's sad, but it's just it was cool to watch the last one on TV as it was happening. So Bob, are you upset you did not watch it? So I actually am a part of another podcast called The Big Jeopardy Boys, and I am distraught that I missed this episode. I watch Jeopardy all the time, and I fucking was watching it. I watched it all week. And then it was yesterday, and they didn't—they didn't have an episode yesterday, right, Ben? I do not know. Did not watch yesterday. I watched today. Anyways, though. they were missing an episode on Thursday, and I was like, "Oh fuck! Like, what's going on?" So I googled it. Oh yeah. Like, okay. Alex Trebek's You're last right, it episode is on. yeah. Alex Trebek's last episode is Friday, and I was just like, "Okay, got to make sure I watch that." Turns out I was watching the Water Boy that I recorded on on Hulu Live TV, so I missed Jeopardy because I was watching Adam Sandler's The Water Boy. I'm very upset. You I'm gonna should have to go not have admitted that it. out loud. <laughs> hey, hey, the Water Boy. You know, I was I was watching it like a few nights ago, and and I had to turn off the TV and it go Hulu. Actually, we talk all the shit in the world about Hulu on this podcast. I'm prepared. I went to, to turn off my TV. Hold on, this I, I'm gonna defend Hulu for a second. They told me. Right when I tried to turn the TV off, they go, hey, do you want to record this and finish watching it later? I go, oh, I actually wouldn't mind doing that. <laughs> so I hit record. And then today I, I queued it up on Freeform. So I still had all the, all the advertisements. It was like a regular TV broadcast. I just picked up midway. Th- it was almost like DVR. But uh, I missed Alex Trebek's last episode of Jeopardy because I was watching The Water Boy. And when you say it out loud like that, it doesn't sound great. But uh, I'm going to go back and watch it eventually. I don't know. I- I'm sad that I missed it. I really am. Jeremy, I'm just assuming you missed it then, too. Yes, I uh, currently, under uh, strict COVID protocol restrictions, I was activated for this podcast, luckily. But uh, fortunately, was not able to watch the final episode of Jeopardy. I do plan on going back and catching it at some point, though. I did see that they were planning on having that little tribute as well. Now, is there... Ben, is there any sort of, uh, like, did they mention anything about, like, obviously, like, we've heard that Ken Jennings is going to be, like, the uh, interim host, and they're going to try out, like, guest hosts for a while. Did they mention any of that on the episode? No, they didn't make any mention of that. Just kind of did the in loving memory of Alex Shabak, and it was kind of like, uh, the episode was kind of, uh, not this, like, super close contest or whatever, like, it wasn't, like, a great episode or anything, but and they didn't mention anything about that, but it, it was just cool to see the last one. I Like I've said, like, I probably watch, like, one a week, maybe, but uh, I'm just, I, unlike you guys saying you'd go back and watch it, I probably wouldn't go back and watch it. Like, it, was, it wasn't an eventful, I mean, it no, not cool. even, 
it was cool just to see, but like, I'm not like a huge Jeopardy fan where like I would go back and watch it. It was just happened to be my parents had it on. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. It's his last one. Let me go watch it. So I'm glad I happened to just even hear that. But uh, yeah, I, I almost snapped it to you, Bob, because I figured you would, but I thought you'd be watching. So I was like, yeah, I uh, no, I'm, I'm literally so pissed off that I missed it. But I, I, I'm like, I don't know if I'm excited or nervous for the next phase of Jeopardy. Because, I, like, in all honesty, I, you said you probably watch it like one episode a week. I try to watch it every night at 7.30. Like, when it comes on, I'm like, let me put it on. Like, like if I'm near a TV and I'm, there's nothing else that is preoccupying Because there's nothing time, on at 7.30. Exactly. Really but, like, it's awesome. Like, I like, who doesn't love watching Jeopardy and pretending to be, like, super smart? Like, <laughs> and being like, oh, answer, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. I was going to ask you, how Ben, many how, many, yep, how many questions did you get right? <laughs> so that's funny. Like, it, it, we, uh, we always do that watching with the family. So all, all four of us were watching it, and it, it became a heated battle between my dad and my brother. We ended up – my brother probably got more, but we were going to give my dad the money and give him the answer. And, and let me get this straight. Like, they get more than half wrong. So in theory, they're both in the negatives, and I'm always in the negatives. But it's always fun to pretend after the answers like already said and you can just be like oh i knew that and then you yeah. give it to yourself yeah the question is ben how many did you oh i knew that one how, how many questions did you know oh at least read the answer <laughs> at least five especially in the first round where you're like oh i knew that one do you know what my i probably favorite... got like five and then i knew five for sure my favorite response is if that was a multiple choice question <laughs> i got it <laughs> i i don't even think of it like that wow i should Going forward, I'm going to do that. If it was multiple feel, choice, I probably would. I'd be way smarter at that game. I feel very strongly that if Jeopardy was all multiple choice, I would be the Ken. I would be Ken Jennings. <laughs> I'm a I great multiple choice guy. I'm a great multiple choice guy. You got C's in high school. Yeah, C's, all those C's all those exams degrees, were multiple choice, Bob. <laughs> well, you guys are talking a lot about this game show, and that that got me thinking. You know, last week we had the bimbos, technically the first episode of 2021, but it didn't really feel like it to me. I don't know about you guys, but since we were looking back, to me, this one feels more like the first episode of 2021. I agree. I totally, totally agree. agree. Yeah. The last one was just a, a big recap. It just like, happened to fall on 2021. <laughs> it was a celebration. Well, while we, uh, you know, consider this the first unofficial episode of 2021, we decided that we should start the podcast in the new year with a tried and true favorite and that is big movie boys presents who is the biggest movie boy challenge a, li- a little different going forward though this year right jeremy it will have a little different look to it and uh today is going to be one of those examples so in uh moving forward with the big movie boys presents who is the big biggest movie boy challenge occasionally we will be doing what we're calling the dual edition and today will be one of those days essentially what that means is sometimes when we make these challenges whoever ends up you know creating them by virtue of having to do all the research can't really compete fairly spoiler alert it's always jeremy i tried to be nice but yeah it's me (laughs) every time so when that happens The way we're going to do it is it's going to be a 1v1 duel instead of the three-way battle royale that we typically do. So in today's instance, it's going to be Ben versus Bob. And the next time we do a Who is the Biggest Movie Boy Challenge duel edition, I will compete against the loser from today's event. He'll be competing against Ben. (laughs) You wish, man. Bob, say your line now because it's the last time you're going to get to say it. 
I'm going to start 2021 off with a bang. I guarantee victory. Oh, man. I can't wait till you have to watch some shitty movie this week. If you're new to the podcast or you simply don't remember, the stakes remain the same regardless of the challenge. Whoever wins is crowned biggest movie boy, and whoever loses will have to watch a punishment movie and report back on it next week. The theme for today's challenge, which you two will be competing in, is stage names. There's a lot of famous actors out there going by a lot of names. Not all of them are what is shown on their birth certificate. So the way this is going to work is that I've got 20 actors and actresses listed in front of me, and I'm going to read you their government name. You simply have to tell me what name they go by when they are acting, what name we know them as. Sounds easy, but I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, this this sounds easy off the top, and then I'm thinking right now, I'm like, I feel like I only know musicians. This is going to be tough for actors. Like, you know what's going to blow my mind when someone is like, Tom Hanks' real name isn't Tom Hanks. (laughs) Like, that's the one that's going to throw me for a loop. In my mind, every actor's stage name is their birth name. But, I mean, we're about to be proven very, very wrong, I have a feeling. So the way it'll work is that uh, whoever, who who won the last challenge? Was it you, Ben? Me. Me. I won. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty (laughs) sure I won. I'm pretty sure it was was the dad competition. And I won that one. All right. Yeah, so you did. You did win that one. Yeah. Ben is currently crowned biggest movie boy. So for the first actor or actress, Ben, you will have the first go at guessing. If you get it wrong, Bob will have the opportunity to steal, and we'll alternate with every new actor. The only other caveat is that for the first ten actors, I'm simply going to read you a name. You tell us what their stage name is. For the second half, the second ten. I will be providing you guys with a pool of 30 potential actors and actresses. The first 10 are a little bit easier. I think you might be able to guess them. The last 10, a bit trickier. I figured I'd at least give you a 1 in 30 shot of randomly guessing. Do we all understand the rules? Are we ready to compete in the first Big Movie Boys Presents Who is the Biggest Movie Boy Challenge Dual Edition? Ready to rumble, baby. I'm ready. This could be low scoring, though. Hopefully... This is the one thing we do that isn't a tie because I have no tiebreaker ready to go. Oh, Bob loves a good tie. Tiebreaker goes to the oldest boy. (laughs) Shit. All right. Our first actor, actually an actress for the first round. Ben, you will have first dibs. If you're wrong, Bob, you have the opportunity to steal. The name is Elizabeth Stamatina Faye. Tina Faye. Lock it in. That Boom. is that is correct, Ben. You're one for one. That was easy as fuck. I told. <laughs> I'll tell you. They start easy. They only get harder. I can't wait for me to have the hardest one coming <laughs> up next. <laughs> Bob, you're you have the first go at the next one. Another actress. Government name is Emily Stone. Wait, what? Let me steal. <laughs> is it Emma Stone? <laughs> Bob, you are correct. Is that even Jeremy? Is that that's not that's just a nickname. I don't think that's different. Emily is different than Emma. I guess, but okay. Thank you for the fucking the fucking lob on that one. I honestly thought your pause was meaning you were gonna stumble and not get it. I I I, I almost did because I'm just like, wait, I have to be overthinking this. There's no way that's not Emma Stone. Like, you guys, I like the confidence. I'm telling you, it's un. 
<laughs> it's unearned. They are going to get more difficult. You're fucking with my mind right now, dude. I I don't know if I should be like happy or sad, confident or unconfident. I, I uh, I'll just keep it going. All right, you guys are doing well so far. I promise they get harder. Ben, you have the first go at Christopher Catesby Harrington. Well, they got hard real quick for me. Christopher Catesby Harrington. Can you use it in a sentence? Christopher Catesby Harrington is the government name of a popular actor. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Bob, you're going to have a chance to steal. I do not know this at all. Christopher Harrington. Uh, well, I assume Chris is probably the actual birth name. So I'm going to say it's one of the big Chris's. So it's either probably Evans, Pratt, or Nolan, who isn't an actor. I'm going to go with Christopher Pratt. Neither of you got it. That is the real name of Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Don't even know who that is. Jon Snow, shit. That's a good one, Jeff. The last name didn't change. Thought it was the first name was going to stay. Yeah, I thought Chris was... Yeah, I was thinking how Bob was thinking that Chris would be the name. And then when he said Chris Evans, I was like, shit, is that it? All right. Damn. It only took three, and already we're stumbling. Bob, you got the first coat, the next one. This actress's name is Winona Laura Horowitz. Winona Ryder. That is correct. I wish I would have went second. This is bullshit. Yeah. Winona's not a name that is going to be made up. I feel like that's one that's got to carry over. Uh, your your logic is on point. Uh, I would advise you not to continue using that logic in the later rounds. I will use it heavily in the later rounds. Ben, you have the first go at our next actor, Jonah Feldstein. Jonah Hill, because I know that one for sure. That is correct. You guys are Dude, I did, okay. two to two. I didn't know. I did not know that Jonah Hill's name wasn't Jonah Hill. This is very yeah, interesting. Because his sister's uh, last name, she still goes by the, the last name, Feldstein. So I, that's, that's why I knew that one. Guys, should we come up with stage names? <laughs> you use I your think... real name? Bob's your real name? <laughs> How do you know we don't? I'm, I, I, oh my God. I, don't even, I can't even comprehend what's going on right now. Have you ever seen my uh, birth certificate? I've never seen your birth certificate, Jeremy. Oh my God, that's a good point. All right, uh, I keep two two baby. Who goes next? Yeah, I should have numbered two. these. Bob, Bob's up. Bob's up. Two to two, and I'm up. It's about to be three to two. Me. All right, Bob. Here you go. This person's real name: Olivia Cockburn. Olivia Cockburn. Wonder why Cockburn she changed is... her name. Olivia. Olivia. Bob, so let's Olivia. give you enough time to look it up. I don't know. I'm not even. Th- I don't know anybody named fucking Olivia. Live. It's probably live. Live. I don't know. Is Liv Ryan somebody? I don't. Who's uh, Liv? I don't know. Elizabeth Moss. I don't know. That is incorrect. Ben, you have a chance to steal. I'm pretty sure this has been in the news heavily lately, and she's now dating Harry Styles. I will go with Olivia Wilde. Well, that's news to me. I didn't know that. But yes, that is Olivia Wilde. Yes. Uh, you didn't see that? No. Bob, you knew that. I don't know who Olivia Wilde is. Uh, Jason Sudeikis' ex-wife. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> ben only knows her by proxy of who she's dating or married to, apparently. She uh, was the director of Booksmart. That is correct. Another point? <laughs> Unfortunately, no points for that. However, you can earn a point if you tell me the stage name for Natalie Hirschlag. Uh, the only Natalie I know, I'm going to go with Natalie Portman. You would be correct. Yes, Bob, you're getting your ass whooped in this game. That was an easy one. <laughs> a two-point swing. Bob, you can get a point here. This person's birth name is Jennifer Lynn Anastasakis. I hope I'm pronouncing Jennifer, that right. Jennifer Lawrence. That is incorrect. I'm going to take this lead. Jennifer Aniston. Lock it in. Ben, you are correct. You have earned five I, points thus far. Well, I give up. Oh, this but, is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I thought this was going to be close. I liked Bob's tactic of, I said the first and middle name, and he <laughs> locked in his answer, didn't even wait for the last name. That's what no, the last was. name was basically Aniston with an extra opolis or whatever it was. <laughs> is there a way for you to make back like, a large amount of points in the end? Uh, yeah, you just got to get them right. This game is flawed. What question are we on? It's my turn. I know that. We are on our ninth question, penultimate of the first round here. Last easy one. Last easy one. This actor's real name is Thomas Mepother the Fourth. Is this? Uh, could this be Bob's Tom Hanks? There is it. Is this Tom Hanks, man? <laughs> uh, it, can you give me the name again? Thomas. Mapother, Mapother, it's M-A-P-O-T-H-E-R, the fourth. I'm just going to go with uh, that show we like. I don't think it's Tom Hanks. Um, I'm going with Tom Middleditch from Middleditch and Schwartz. A good guess, but that is incorrect. Bob, you have an opportunity to make up a point here. Okay, so it's Tom. I feel like it's not Tom Hanks, but I'm going to go off of my theory that it is clearly the first name stays. Can you read the last name one more time? Map Fuck, can I change my answer? Shit. Last name is Mapother. Mapother. The fourth, by the way. Mapother. There were three Thomas Mapothers before him. Dude, I don't fucking know. Tom, I'm going to go with the famous Tom. I was thinking Tom Hardy, but I'm going to go with Tom Cruise because I feel like that's got to be the big one. Absolutely not. Jerry, I know I don't get the point, but my guess, my new guess would be Tom Holland. Bob is correct. It is Tom Cruise. Get the fuck what? out of town! No. Oh my god, how did he get that? Tom Cruise's name isn't Tom Cruise? Apparently. Well, I knew That kind of makes sense to me that it's not Cruise, but the that the, what it actually is is fucking not true. Jeremy made that up. Scientology the fourth? made that up. The fourth? Yep. There were three Tom Cruises before him. Shit, I can't that's... believe Bob got that one. Jeremy's going with big names here. That's, that's what I had to guess. Bob... Tenth person, final of the first round before you will have a pool of actors to choose from. Huge, huge. This person's name is Lawrence Zeger. Lawrence Fishburne. That is incorrect. Ben, you have an opportunity <laughs> to steal. You were quick with that. I'm like, oh, Bob knows this one. Can you give me the name again? Lawrence Zeger. I'm thinking it's somehow a Larry? Lawrence, I don't. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne would have been my only guess too for uh, that name. Uh, Larry, I'll just go with Larry David, even though I don't think that's right. That is incorrect. I'm gonna let you guys each guess one more time if Bob doesn't get it right. 
Wouldn't call this guy an actor necessarily. Think more broadly in entertainment. Lawrence what? Zeger. Zeger. Lawrence Zeger. Dude, I have literally no idea. All right, is that your other guess, Bob? Because I have my second guess. Lawrence Zeger. So, ah, uh, can you give me a hint? Is the first name still Lawrence? He gave the can- the the hint. I did. What was it? I, he's not necessarily <laughs> an actor. You got to think more broadly in entertainment. Not a musician, though. You said Larry David? Yeah. It's not a musician? Not a musician. Still in, like, the TV movie world, but not necessarily an actor. Thinking it's not a musician. I, for Zeke. some reason... I thought Ice Cube for some reason. I was just like, actor, musician. Um, That's a good guess. I would use it. I have no idea, dude. I don't know. I have no answer. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> it is not Jennifer Lawrence. Ben. I already gave away my answer by basically saying his last name when I meant to say hint. But my, my only other, I'm only thinking Larry, and I'm just thinking famous Larrys, and I'm just going with Larry King. Larry King is the famous Larry. You looked that up. There's no, no fucking I way you knew when that. I said, when I said Jeremy gave a hint already, I said Jeremy gave a kick, hint because I said king almost. Oh, my God. Thank God you didn't catch that. That's big. That's bullshit. All right. We are halfway through. We got through our first 10 actors and actresses. The current score is Ben with six points, Bob with three points. That's embarrassing, Bob. Yikes. Unfortunately for you, Ben, we all know how Bob is a king when it comes to multiple choice and boy does he have multiple choices to choose from (laughs) in the second half here all right moving on to our second half here you guys had the list in front of you number 11 our first one in the second half here ben you have first dibs the real name is alan stewart konigsberg all right so my first plan is to go through the allens there's only one my only answer is alan rickman lock it on that is incorrect. That was a... Oh, that was a red herring, Jared. Oh, that's fucking bullshit. There are plenty of red herrings in this list. I'm going to go with uh, Woody Allen. Bob, you're proving it. We made fun of you, but give that man a few choices. He will Son find the right bitch. ones. Son oh, baby, bitch. you're in for trouble, Ben. Son of a bitch. Woody Allen. That is correct. What was his name again? What's his name? Allen Stewart Konigsberg. Damn it, I wish Bob would have went first because he definitely would have said Alan Rickman and I would have said Woody Allen. <laughs> or Tim Allen, I guess I might have said. Alright, Bob, you got first dibs at Margaret Hyra. Margaret Hyra. That's a woman. That is a woman. Love of Jesus fucking Christ. Margaret Hyra? Uh, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan is correct. Are you kidding? Oh my god, how is he getting these? Just look at the Ma- name. Look at the you're, names. Maggie, the only thing that's- there's, Ma- there's a Maggie and a Margo. I thought you would guess them before Meg Ryan. Wait, where do you see Maggie and Margo? Oh, oh Margo Robbie. list that you're looking at. Oh, buddy, I looked right at the bottom. Bottom to the top. That's, that's the secret to multiple choice. Bottom to the top. <laughs> Shit. Bob giving away Bob. his strategy here. <laughs> ben, you've got first dibs at Julie Smith. Pretty plain name. Could see why you would want to go by something Dude, a little. I don't like this anymore because Bob is catching up. Julie Smith. I'm only thinking uh, Julia Roberts. 
Julianne, Julianne Moore, even though you have Julianna Moore. Is that right? Uh, yeah, um, that is supposed to be Julianne Moore, not her sister, Juliana Moore. <laughs> um, Julie Smith. But is Julia Roberts enough from is Roberts enough from Smith to make it even worth it? Oh man, I hate this part. I'm just gonna go with I. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I always go with your first answer. That's what I tell myself. Julia Roberts, lock it up. That is incorrect. Son of a bitch, Bob. You can steal. What's the name? Julie Smith. Julie Smith. Okay, so. I see Maggie Smith, who I don't know who that is. That's a similar it's last a name. Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. Maggie short for Julie? It's long for Julie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Julie Roberts is what Ben guessed. He could um, guess it too. Maybe I lied to him. I'm going to go with Maggie Smith. I'm just going to throw a bone out there. Maggie Smith is incorrect. This was actually Thank God. Julianne Moore. Ah, shit. I would have gotten it if Jeremy didn't have the wrong name up there. You guys fell for the red herrings. What can I tell you? You got to be smarter than the list. Bob, first dibs at the next one. This person's real name is Tara Patrick. Tara Patrick? Multiple Patricks on here. My first thing was probably Neil Patrick Harris, but ah, that's obviously not a... This is a woman. Um, Marlon Brando, Julia Roberts, Tim Allen, Viola Davis, Jimmy Lee Curtis. Who's Eric Bana? Uh, Jamie Foxx. Guess him. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go one down from my last guess because I literally have no fucking idea. I guess Maggie Smith's last one. I'm going to go Carmen Electra. Bob, you got it right. Are you kidding me? What? Uh, Bob's cheating. Bob's I fucking am not, looking these up. I am not looking these up, Ben. How can I look them up? I How are you so good at this shit? I don't know, dude. I just have pure luck. Holy fuck. Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra. I don't even know who Carmen Electra is. Do you who's know Carmen her, Electra? Do you know her as Tara Patrick? Is that the confusion? No, I don't know who either of those people are. <laughs> are we tied who? up now? God what damn is it. Carmen, what is Carmen Electra from? I don't know who that is. I think she's in like Scary Movie Four or something. She's, she's you, like famous she's, in the nineties. If you saw her, you'd know who she is. Damn, no, I actually have no idea who Carmen Electra is. I'm hey, Bob, you just her, you just looked her up on uh, Google, so just look at that picture. I'm about to tweet at Carmen Electra. <laughs> Thank you. If you look at the Google search you just did for Tara Patrick and go to images, you, you'll be able to figure out who I she is. Be good. I swear to the fucking Christ, I did not look that up. All right. Well, it was enough to tie it up, and we got. Six left to go. Ben, you have first dibs at Eric Marlin Bishop. I know this one, so get it wrong, Ben. All right, well, it's not... Uh, <laughs> I feel like you put Eric Ben on here just so someone would guess it. Just guess. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I got to just go with Marlon Brando. Ooh, it's almost like I put that one on there so that someone would guess it. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. <laughs> Eric Ben, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Bob, well, this who is, is un- it? This, this is unfortunate because I was gonna guess Marlon Brando. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I have to go with Eric Banner then. You said you knew this, Bob. <laughs> I thought it was Marlon Brando, Ben. I thought I did know it. You guys don't even understand how far off you are. Oh, who is it then? 
Eric Marlin Bishop is more commonly known by the name Jamie Fox. Oh my god. That's just asinine. Well, definitely don't guess Marlon Brando again because he just put that one on here to fuck us with that one. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I was very confident that it was Marlon Brando. The list works in mysterious ways. Bob, let's see if you can be a little more confident in this next one. The name is Ramon Gerard Estevez. That's probably... Is Emilio Estevez on the list? Um, He is. Ramon Gerard Estevez. Hold on. I feel like Jeremy's trying to trick us. So I would immediately jump to Emilio Estevez. So Ramon. Uh, let me see if there's anything that resembles a Ramon on the list. There's really not. Ramon Gerard Estevez? That's his name. Don't wear it out. Why do I feel like that's not... It's definitely not Emilio Estevez. Ramon Gerard Estevez. Do you want more time to look it up, Bob? Is your internet shaky over there? I'm just going to go Emilio Estevez because I don't fucking know. Bob, you are correct in thinking that is incorrect. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because I know Emilio Estevez's name is just Emilio Estevez, which helps me in this question because his father is also on this list who goes by the name Martin Sheen. Jeremy, lock it in and give me that point. That is correct, Ben. I thought that might be one that one of you guys knew or would would be able to piece it together. I know my Mighty Ducks, Jeremy. I Don't thought, mess with my mighty ducks. Thought it was possible. All right, Ben, you got first dibs on the name Reginald Dwight. Ooh, that makes me want to guess Rain Wilson because of Dwight. But I don't think they would do that. Um, Reginald Dwight. Reginald. Thanks. Reggie. Is there a Reggie on this list? No, there's not. Bob, do you know this one? Reginald Dwight? No, I don't know Reginald <laughs> Dwight. All right, um, Reginald Dwight. All right, I'm guessing this is like an old name, and it's making me think it's. I'm in between Robert Redford and Elton John, and uh, I don't think that helps Bob. If Bob wants to take my second wrong answer, that's fine. I'm gonna go with Reginald. I'm gonna go with Elton John. Lock it in. I don't know how you got there, but you got it, Ben. That's a good oh, yeah. Google. That's a good Google right there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a British name, Bob, and I was able to pick it up. That's a, a brilliant <laughs> Google right there. Also, Elton John is a musician. He's acted. He's been in something. Bob, you are now two points behind. we got three guesses left. You've got first dibs at two of them. Okay. Your next name to decipher is Maurice... Micklewhite. Maurice Micklewhite. For the love of fucking God, dude. How the fuck am I supposed to know that? Um, Maurice. Maurice. There's nothing with... There's no Micklewhites on the list. There's no Maurices on the list. And at this point, if it was... I why do I feel like it. that's... Why do I feel like that's Mark Wahlberg's name for some reason? <laughs> that's um, what I was th- if you weren't going to guess it, I was. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, William. Uh, this also could be Marlon Brando. I don't know. Maurice Micklewhite. Um, Why are these names more... That sounds like an all right stage name. Me... I would have just stuck with it. Maurice Micklewhite's pretty badass. But I'd say I'm between Marlon Brando 
maybe Michael Caine. I don't know. Maurice Micklewhite. Alan Rickman also seems kind of like he would be a Maurice Micklewhite. He kind of carries that about him. He looks like a Maurice. I'm between Alan Rickman, um, maybe Michael Caine, Michael Maurice. Is there any Michaels on this list? Give me Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Were you about to tell the answer? No, give me Michael Caine. Just, I, I'm going to say it. I was Fine. saying Michael Caine's name the way Michael Caine says his name, which is okay. the way you say my cocaine. Yeah, okay, give me that then. My cocaine is correct. That's some bullshit, Jared. If you wouldn't have said Michael Caine, you uh, would have gotten it wrong. I was going to switch idiot. it. I was going <laughs> to fucking switch it to Alan Rickman. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That what keeps things Rickman's interesting. Name? What is Alan Rickman's name? Fuck it. His name's Alan Rickman for sure. We'll yeah, I can't we'll, believe. Maybe we'll find uh, out. Man. Oh man, I was hoping I would just wrap it up. I wasn't gonna guess Michael Caine, but all right, we got two left, and I'm up by one. That is correct. So, am I doing the math right, Ben? You can seal the deal. Here. I can win it here. Yeah, and I could also we could also end in a tie, which I would love. Ben, you got first dibs at Karen. Elaine Johnson. That makes me think it's a woman. Good, good guess. All right. Obviously, I'm leaning towards Carrie Fisher with the Karen Carey. Is that too obvious, though? Is Carrie Fisher the red, the red herring? Oh, my God. It's not Don Johnson, I wouldn't guess. Oh, my God. This is the toughest thing I've ever had to do. I didn't know who I'm guessing if you get it right or wrong. That's why I'm not even... Uh, I don't think it's Julia Roberts again. Can you give me the name again one more time, Jerry? I already forgot it. Car- Karen, Karen Elaine, Elaine Johnson. Oh, I would hate to be wrong with Carrie Fisher, but I feel like that's a red herring. But then again, if uh, oh my God, please cut all of this. I might be 10 more minutes. Should I go crazy and say Whoopi Goldberg? That would be wild. All right, fuck it. I'm just going to say Carrie Fisher because I would be bummed if it if it ended up being Carrie Fisher. How bummed are you going to be when that's incorrect? Not as bummed as I would have been if it was correct and I said someone else. Bob, ben, you can tie you almost... it with a steal. Ben said who I was going to say because I have no idea who it was. I was going to go with the first name on the list of Whoopi Goldberg, which I don't believe is correct, but I told you I was going to guess it regardless because I have no fucking clue. I thought you were going to get that right. I'm going to go the first name on the list, Whoopi Goldberg, for the fuck of it. Why not? Whoopi Goldberg is correct. No, the fuck it's not. Whoopi Goldberg's government name is Karen Elaine Johnson. God damn it. Where do you get Whoopi from? (laughs) Where do you get Goldberg from? What what the? That's made up. Oh, my fuck. Fucking God. Wow, Ben, that's unfortunate for you, buddy. I, I bummed out. I went, for, I, I went for the comedy answer, and I got it. Unfortunate for me, too, because we are currently tied. <laughs> but we do have one name left on the list. Bob, you do have first dibs. All right, let me hear it, baby. I don't know. This is one that maybe you guys know, but if it's you... It's better not... Oh. But if you don't know, then you still got, what, 21 names to guess from here? Let's go. Let's get it. This actor signs their checks with the name Mark Sinclair. 
Oh my god, Jeremy, you fuck! I know who this is. It's Vin Diesel. This is the, I know this one. It's Vin Diesel. Shit. Oh my god. I, it's I can't Vin Diesel. It is Vin Diesel, Ben. It's Vin fuck. Diesel. I knew that one too. It's Vin Diesel. Uh, Vin Diesel's real name is Mark Sinclair. What? Go! Bob, you are the biggest movie boy. The final scores <laughs> nine to eight. I choked. I was up six three and I choked. I let it slip wow. through my fingertips. Wow. Well, you oh know what? I'm, oh my fucking god! Let's go. Props to Whoopi Goldberg. I really, for the love of God, that one's a real <laughs> bummer. That was a complete shot in the dark. That's an honest to Christ. Jesus is my Lord. Shot in the dark. Wow. I knew Mark's, uh, Mark. As soon as you said that, Jeremy. Jeremy, when you talked about like, I don't know, dude. I looked that one up a while ago, like literally, like two like years, fifteen ago. minutes ago, when Jeremy <laughs> no. said, "Hey, the final answer is going to be Vin Diesel." No, no, dude. Wow, Bob, an absolute upset. The uh, the Vegas odds did not have you even coming remotely close to winning this one. I'll let you know that. Especially, especially the live odds when I was up six three. <laughs> Hey, they call me the comeback kid, and I guaranteed victory. And that's right. Unlike all the other times before that, you actually followed through on that one, which is even more impressive. Ben, unfortunately. Oh my God, I got to pick some shitty movie now. You got to pick a movie. I redid the list today. There are 12 movies on the list. Go ahead, give me number one through 12, and we will figure out what movie you'll be reviewing for us next week. I will go with. Number two. Number two is a new one. This is the Mulan remake on Disney Plus from last year. Is that one $30 still? Because I won't pay for it. No, it is not. It is now just on Disney Plus. That's fair. You know what? Hey, Ben, you, if you want, you can pay me $30 and I'll let you watch the movie. <laughs> that sounds fair. Ah, oh, shit. I can't believe I lost on that. But you're excited to watch Mulan, right? Oh, yeah. So excited. Hey, I, me... hey Ben, I heard it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, what is this runtime? 2020 is two hours. Oh, my God. That's going to suck. I'm unemployed and that's going to suck. They have the extended uh, version on Disney Plus. It's four and a half hours. You should watch that one. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got that to look forward to next week. I know I'm looking forward to it. But in the meantime, we're going to review a different movie. We are going to do our first official review of 2021. That will be of Soul. Soul was released on December 25th, 2020, exclusively to Disney Plus after getting postponed from its original June 19th release date. Uh, this movie was written by Pete Docter, Mike Jones, and Kemp Powers, as well as being directed by Pete Docter and Kemp Powers. Yeah, just real quick, Jerry, before you uh, finish off this, some great names right there, right? I saw when the movie ended, I was like, wow, those are some great names. While we're on the topic of stage names. They might be real legal names as far as I know. They didn't come up in my list. But uh, if you're familiar with Pete Doctor's name, then uh, it might be because he wrote Toy Story 1 and 2, Monsters, Inc., WALL-E, Up, Inside Out. He also directed all of those movies except for uh, Toy Story 1 and 2. So clearly, big guy around Pixar. Uh, the other two seem to have worked uh, at 
some capacity on a lot of Pixar movies, but didn't have quite the credentials that Pete Docter has. This movie's uh, stars Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey, both of who don't go by their legal names, as we just learned. Would you look at that? This is a relatively new movie. Obviously, it just came out about uh, two weeks ago, so I think we should keep it spoiler-free, at least at the beginning here. So, uh, per usual, I'll just ask you guys what your expectations were going in and then your general thoughts having seen it. Ben, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I was a little later to this party than you guys were. I think you watched it before me, um, both of you guys. And uh, I had a little higher expectations based off your guys' review and based off just what I was hearing. But I think this movie met my expectations. It was really good. I don't know. Like, we could talk later about, like, uh, ranking it in Pixar movies. But it was really good. It was, like, you never really saw what was coming next. And I think in some movies, even in, like, uh, animation movies where they can kind of take it wherever they want, you can kind of predict where it's going to go. But this movie, I had no idea where it was going to go. But I never felt like that it went in a weird and way too far off direction. And I, like, I enjoyed the ride the entire time. I thought it was really well done and it was, uh, yeah, it was super inspirational. Jeremy, you made that joke at the beginning of the pod, just like that. If you want to watch a kid's movie and also have like a existential crisis, uh, at the same time, it, it, it kind of is that like, you kind of start thinking about your own life, but I don't know. Overall, like when you, you finish the movie and let it sit with you for like a couple hours, like I think you come away inspired more so than like thinking, Maybe this is because we're still younger and not like sixty years old, but I think uh, you still come away like more inspired than you are like regretful about your life. But that's 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 what I thought about this movie, just without spoilers or anything. What about you, Bob? Yeah, for me, I remember you know like being in theaters a very long time ago, and I saw a trail like a like a teaser trailer for this, and I was just like, oh, a new Pixar movie. That'll probably be entertaining. Like, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I, from the teaser trailer, you could tell that it was, like, about music a little bit. So I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Like, um, and it just kind of, like, I swept under the rug for me. I was just like, oh, whatever. And then, like, everything happened, and this movie didn't come out, and, you know, COVID and everything. And then it came to Disney+, Plus, and I was just kind of like, oh, like, I remember that. Like, that looked like it might have been good, you know? Like, so I had no expectations going into this. I, I saw it on Disney+. Plus. I, I, I remembered seeing the trailer and being mildly intrigued. And then I, and I threw this on and I watched it and I was just like, holy fuck. Like, that was a good movie. Like, I genuinely enjoyed this thing top to bottom. I came into it with, like, I wouldn't even call it low expectations. I would call it no expectations. I just came into it just expecting to watch a movie, you know? And then I left it really, really liking this movie. And honestly, it's probably one of my top movies of 2020. And it's honestly, it's contending for the title of top movie of 2020 for me. I really liked this and I didn't expect to like it. It was a complete surprise and shock to me. And I just, I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. It was great. Yeah. I think I somehow missed almost all of the advertising for this movie. I'm not sure that I ever saw a full trailer for it. So I would say I also went in with no expectations outside of it just being a Pixar movie and their you know, batting average being pretty damn high. But uh, yeah, I, I was just like, obviously it's beautiful. Like the animation is ridiculous. Pixar's been the pioneers of 3D animation since its inception. So you'd kind of expect it to be that beautiful, but it still kind of blows me away every time I see it. And 
there's kind of two worlds in this movie. There's like the Soul World, and then there's New York City, which are obviously very different looking. But I really liked both of them, and I felt like there was a good balance between those two worlds. Um, but yeah, then just like as far as like the themes of it, I, I was watching it, and I'm like, do would kids even like this? Like if we were ten years old or younger, do you think that you would enjoy this movie at all? Because I'm watching it, having an existential crisis. I mean, there's a scene where like a stockbroker has this moment of clarity, realizes he's wasting his life, and starts throwing a bunch of computers around. I'm like, are kids getting anything out of this? Do they just like the the look of the little soul characters or anything like that? I think that's it, Jared. I think the little kids probably like the soul world. And then, you know how like, Pixar movies always are like they're for kids, but like the adults get something out of it? I think the scenes that we're supposed to get out of it, us, we get out of it the stockbroker scene that you mentioned, how you mentioned having an existential crisis. But like, I think the little kid aspect is like the, the, you know, like the jokes about being in the soul world and like the body swap humor. Like, I think that's for kids, but the actual core meaning of this movie and like the themes about the existential crisis and like who we are as human beings, that's for the adults, which is now us. And I felt every fucking second of that. It really, it really tugs at your heartstrings. It makes you think about yourself and you take a, a good hard look in the mirror after watching this movie and you're, you might not look what you, you might not like what you see. But I, like, to go off that, Bob, like I totally agree with that because I think the best Pixar movies are when they're basically made for adults and like kids exactly. can grow up with them and finally exactly. understand what yeah. it meant. Like Absolutely. how like toys, like how Jeremy, you love toy story. I feel like that's a great movie. Like, that adults loved too, like earlier, like in the nineties. And then the, like kids grow up with it and it's, it's now a classic and like movies like uh, Nemo, like finding Nemo. Like I, I think this one will like live on because of that, because it, adults can watch it. And so like when their kids are like, Oh, can we watch soul? Like for the 10th time, they're not going to be like, Oh my God, I don't want to watch it again. They're going to put on soul. Cause they're like, Oh, whatever. That was actually a pretty good movie. Think, so okay, I think, think that's how this, movies like this live on. Think about this though. So say like you're a young kid, like maybe you're like eight or nine years old and you watch soul and you look at it a certain way. Like this is how I feel. Like if I go back and watch like a movie, like finding Nemo, it like, I liked it as a kid, but if I watch it as an adult, there's so many new things that I pick up on. I feel like soul is like that. in like in the same sense that like little kids will like it because it's, it's funny or whatever. And it's and, like got the great colors. And, yeah. Exactly. But like when they watch it, when they're like, say they watch it when they're like nine years old and they wait a couple of years and they watch it when they're like, 17 or 18 years old they'd be like oh shit like i didn't i don't remember this like you know like it'll just totally hit differently like and i feel like all pixar movies are like that but this one for some reason maybe just because i have recency bias it just feels like all those aspects of pixar movies are dialed up to like 11 i don't know i was watching a, a video by drew gooden who's a if you're not familiar very very big youtube creator and i i I'm pretty sure he's only a couple of years older than we are. And uh, he made a point about how he and us being basically the same age have always been like Pixar's target audience. So when Toy Story came out, it, we were like, oh, yeah, I like playing with toys. This is fun. I like this. Toy Story 3 comes out and it's about like outgrowing your childhood as we're, you know, late into high school, outgrowing our childhood. Right. And then I would go a step further and say now we're watching Soul watching this guy reflect on his life, thinking we could die in an instant, and if I did die today, would I feel fulfilled? And I'm like, holy shit, Pixar. I want to go back to the talking toys because you're making me think about way too much right now. 
and I don't know if I like it. That's not a criticism of the movie. That's a criticism of me. Of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I totally agree. Like, if you're watching this movie, and those themes are hitting you over the head, obviously, and if you don't have, like, a oh, shit moment while watching this movie, and even if, even if it's not while you're watching the movie, after you, wa- you watch the movie, if you don't get hit with that oh, shit moment, then I don't think the movie did its job, but the movie did do its fucking job because I got hit with that oh, shit moment, and it... Damn, dude, it, 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 it's sobering. It honestly is sobering. It, it makes you think about like what you're doing with your life, honestly. And I bet you were it's, hammered it's... when you watched it, so that means, that means <laughs> yeah, a lot did, coming from you. <laughs> it, it didn't help. It, it, I almost put the bottle down when I was watching this movie. but <laughs> I guess uh, the only other thing I'll say, just while we're spoiler-free, is that this was like, it felt at times like a weird crossover between like Pixar and Black Mirror. Did you guys feel that way at all? Uh, as a person who's watched, you know, a lot of Black Mirror episodes, I didn't get that. But now that you say that, I kind of get where you're coming from because it's like this whole new world that that is just built and you're just like thrown into it and you kind of just have to go along with it. But to me, it, it's not it's not menacing. So I don't get the whole Black Mirror effect like you did. But I get where you're coming yeah, from. I mean, it's not like doomsday <laughs> yeah. of like, uh, you know, every Black Mirror episode, but like the way they... The soul world feels like this super like sterile kind of like Apple designed sort of world or whatever. Yeah, so, uh, there were just like parts of that, and there's like a lot of themes in Black Mirror about like consciousness and stuff like that too. So I didn't see Black Mirror. <laughs> All right, well that's your homework yeah, for next week. You can watch uh, <laughs> a couple episodes of Black Mirror. But uh, do you guys just want to open the floodgates to spoilers? That way we can just kind of have an open discussion here. Do you guys, would you recommend it to anyone who's waiting to hear our opinions on that? I would absolutely recommend this movie. If you, I don't know, like, I just feel like we're starved for content right now. I, I, I mean, it's 2021 and it, like, we're actually not starved for content. I feel like between the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, there is stuff, maybe not right now, but there's stuff coming out in the near future. And I feel like this is something that could be swept under the rug. And you might, you might've been someone like me where you saw the previews, in theaters a long long time ago and like maybe you maybe you're watching uh espn the past couple weeks and you saw that that little that little uh logo in the bottom right corner where they're advertising it on disney plus if you haven't checked this movie out and you've heard of it or you know somebody that's seen it and they've recommended regardless if you know of this movie and you have disney plus i would call it a must watch It, it honest to god is a must watch just because even I, I think you could, I think you could amp the expectations up to like a hundred, and you would still enjoy this movie. Like, it's just a good movie. It just makes you. Yeah, I wouldn't say it makes you feel good, but like, it makes you think. There are scenes that make you happy. It's a good Pixar movie. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and we we're just, like saying that it's like a an existential crisis movie. It it is, but it also like in the end, like there's feel more, good moments, right? Yeah, it's more so yeah. just telling you to like appreciate your life more and like the little aspects of your life. Which so like it's a you're gonna feel good after m- most of it. Like you might have a part in the middle where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? But like a couple weeks ago, we reviewed uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which came out the same day, and I think that was the first and only time that we ever said that all three of us unanimously said that we wouldn't recommend it. And this is complete opposite like i would i would recommend this to basically anyone i'm trying i think normally we try to recommend it to a certain audience of people like if you're like this or if you like this you'll like it even bob you saying if you like pixar movies but 
I, I don't this know. Is I, for everybody. I would be like, I feel like it would be tough to like watch this movie and come away saying that movie sucked. Like, I don't think anyone could say that movie sucked. So I think this movie is yeah. like literally for everyone. And I yeah, I would, I would 100% watch this. Like, and I, I know going forward, I will watch this again. This, this will be like one that I will try to watch like every couple of years. Cause it like kind of, uh, reinforces some like good values and just like make sure like if you're in like a funk almost like watch this movie and feel better about your yourself overall yeah. jared what, what is your last uh non-spoiler bit i i agree i think pixar's target audience they cast a really wide net i don't know anyone who wouldn't get something out of this movie i would absolutely recommend it and considering it's free as long as you pay for disney plus i think you're a fool not to check it out but with that said, we'll uh, we'll just open it up. Full spoilers. If you don't want to get spoiled, pause the podcast, go watch the movie, come back. We'll be here waiting for you. But I don't know. Are there any particular scenes that stuck out to you guys as being particularly good or bad? Should we talk about our favorite scenes to start it off? Sure. My favorite scene, and it and it uh, it was when he he got back in his body. And he went and he did the uh, the jazz show with the uh, the female jazz musician that played the saxophone, and he finally did that show, and like the way that that was animated, it looked so fucking cool. Like the sweat, like the movement, like the instruments, everything about that. That I saxophone looks photorealistic. Yeah, it was odd because like they had cartoon like characteristics. But like it was so realistic looking with the sweat and the way you described the saxophone, like it just, it looked so fucking real but the part i liked the most about that is when it was all said and done and like he finally did he got his big break right like this is what he's, he's been working his whole life for it's always been about you know the, the the big gig for him you know he finally got the big gig with the big jazz group that he's been looking for and they're out in front of the jazz club and he goes to the uh dorothea sorry, williams okay thank you i didn't know her name um i couldn't think of it at least he goes to dorothea williams and he's just like so what's next? And she's like, are we coming back again next week? And he's just kind of like, well, that was it. Like, I've been waiting my whole life for this. And it's just as simple as that. I loved that scene because it almost sum. it didn't really sum it up, but it just made you think like he thought that jazz was his entire life. And he finally got that moment he's been waiting his whole life for. And it wasn't what he was expecting. It almost makes you think maybe that isn't his what he was put on this earth to do is play jazz but it's just something he likes yeah it wasn't his spark i mean actually i feel like it is his spark but you could see the thought cross his mind when she's just like yeah we come back again next week what do you mean and he's just like i thought that is my spark i thought this was my moment and it's just like okay like maybe you know that was that's what i liked the most i really liked that it almost is like your perceptions and what you what you expect out of your life if you finally achieve it, sometimes it might not actually be it. And like, I think going forward, that is going to be, I mean, I think that is a spark. I think jazz is a spark, but I like the way they kind of act like it might not have been. And he thought for a second that it might not have been when they were out in front of the jazz club. I don't know if you guys felt the same way about that scene, but that's what I got out of it. I like that scene a lot because I think it perfectly illustrates the thing that they say shortly before that, which is that your spark isn't your purpose necessarily. Yeah. And they explicitly say that not too long before that scene, but then you you get to see what that means. They they double down and they kind of show you exactly what that means. And I think that that's right. that's what that scene does very well. 
Yeah, uh, no, I agree with that scene. It's like the obviously it's the climactic part of the movie and it like sobers you up to the movie. But my like, I, I don't know if I have a favorite scene. I like the parts where he's like introduced to Tina Fey's character 22 and like she's making all these jokes. She obviously doesn't want to go down there. I love the little Nick's joke, like when oh, yeah. she's talking oh, about getting people just, out of that the was zone. Hysterical. That was hysterical. I, I loved that part. I, she had some funny lines. And I, I, I just love their interactions. And when she like first goes into his body, then and he's the cat. I'm like, in a, in a different movie, I'm like, I would be just totally turned off by this. I'd be like, what's the fuck's going on? But like, I was like, okay, th- I'm actually into this. And it was like pretty funny trying to see, like, when uh, the cat, when uh, Joe Gardner's the, the cat, and he's bringing back the piece of pizza, and he passes by the rat. I thought that was like a stupid part was funny. But I guess just like watching him try to convince Tina Fey's character like to try to find something that she's passionate about and just the stupid jokes with all the former mentors she's yeah, had, like, like all the famous stuff. people, those, like Abraham oh Lincoln. God, those were great. Every single one of those was like funny and <laughs> made me laugh. And I'm just like, I, I, not that I like was coming in thinking this movie won't be funny or this or like any expecting anything, but I just thought like that part was so, yeah, I thought it was like actually funny. Like I, I didn't think they were stupid jokes. I thought they were just little jokes that worked. And those weren't I, kids' jokes. No, those the real deal. Weren't. Yeah, yeah, like, those sure, are funny. Those are the type of jokes that, like, uh, a family watching this together, like the parents will laugh, and then the kids will laugh, trying to keep up, like pretend like they know what was going on. It's like a who, sweet little moment. I know who Abraham Lincoln is. <laughs> <laughs> you just described Bob watching it with Liz. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but I, I just like those little moments. I thought. I honestly didn't know anyone in this movie until like I was like, oh, that sounds like Jamie Foxx. And then I looked up the cast. I was like, oh, yeah, Tina Fey. And then I was like, I, I really enjoyed those two together. Like, who would have thought Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey would have been like this good pairing? And I, I loved their all their interactions together. It's funny that I just happened to watch Django Unchained. Like, I watched the second half of that movie in, earlier in the day, and then I watched Soul. I'm like, slightly, <laughs> it's slightly different role. Yeah, you, you could say <laughs> Um, I think my favorite scene, maybe arguably, is the uh, the barber shop scene. Oh, yeah, Ooh, I love that scene where uh, Tina Fey's you know taking over. Uh, I forget the main character's name. You just said it, Joe Gardner. Joe, Joe Gardner. Joe Gardner's body, and uh, he's kind of hopeless, out of control in the body of the cat. But Tina Fey's able to just kind of uh, go with the flow, not held down by. Uh, previous existence of joe gardner and ends up having all these like meaningful conversations with everyone in there and joe gardner gets to witness the whole thing and kind of see the life he's missed out on living i thought that was a very powerful scene i i my favorite part about that scene jeremy is when uh the barber the guy that was cutting his hair was walking him out and they were just like kind of having their like final like their like closing greetings and he's just like yeah I mean, we just always talk about jazz. Like, I didn't know that you like, like, not even like he just said, like, almost in a negative tone. He's like, yeah, we always talk about jazz. Like, that's all you ever talk about. Like, I just kind of talked to you about it because I know a little bit about it. And he was like truly happy to talk to him about something else. And he's like, I didn't know you were that smart or something. And obviously, he's sitting there in the cat body, and he's just like, oh wow, like yeah, like I, I was like the. That's Boring, the first almost. turning point of the movie because it's like the first time he realizes, geez, all of my life is is jazz. What else is there in life? And that's like why he has that existential crisis. But then exactly. he like, and then obviously in the end he realizes there's obviously more to life. But th- that scene is cool. I also love the animation in that movie. I forget the bar. 
is the barber's name Curly or I, I don't it's, even know. But I think it's Cur. I think it's Curly. And uh, it, I just I love that character. It just made me want to be in that barber shop. All those people were funny, and they even had like because uh, Tina Fey as Joe Gardner takes like the sucker, and then like she's spitting all this like like deep thought, like deep her, shit. And, her, and then the one guy's like, I'll, uh, yeah, and I think the guy's like, I'll have what I'll have one of those <laughs> or whatever. Like thinking the sucker's like giving like an edible or something. Yeah, I like that joke. Um, are there any? Obviously, we're, we're very positive on the movie, but no movie is perfect. Did you guys have any uh, critiques or criticisms that you thought were worthy of sharing? Uh, critiques yeah. of the movie? I have one. It's more like a nitpick. I don't. I don't. I don't have any. If I'm being honest, I, I know Ben sounds like he might have one, but I don't. I don't think I had any critiques of the movie. I really. I really don't. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Ben. No, what do you have. I love the animation. It's more like a nitpick. It's just like okay, you know how they they don't know where Jerry is. Terry or Jerry, they don't know where Joe is. And then that Terry guy Terry's is trying great. to find him. Terry's funny. I think that that guy, that stupid character. I don't even know what to call him. But it, my well, question is, do, so did you recognize these, the voice? Maybe Bob might have. Uh, I didn't know. Who was it? It's uh, Jeff Goldblum's right-hand woman from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, okay. She's no, in, I didn't uh, even recognize it. Taika Waititi's other movie, Hunt for the Wilder People, as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but uh, I think Rachel House, I think her name is right. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. But um, watching, I was just like, how do all these Jerry's that are like all-knowing beings of the universe just not know that this guy's clearly not Doctor whatever his name oh, was, yeah. the the Doctor Bur- Doctor Bur- Van Nussbaum. <laughs> yeah, whatever his name was. I'm just like. Uh, that's not him. Wouldn't these all beings know it? It was just a little bothersome, and it made me like be like, ah, what the heck? And also, I guess my other nitpick would be, why didn't he just go into the bot? I weren't you guys thinking not not a nitpick. My one part of the movie, where I was like, what's gonna happen here? I thought like him and Tina Fey were both gonna be in his body, and I thought it was gonna be a really bad movie from there on out. Not you thought that's how it was gonna end, or. You thought when they no, both fell in and instead yeah, of falling into the cat, no, they yes, were both going to get Exactly. In. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking this shit's going to get really bad. I wasn't expecting a body swap <laughs> at all. Like when I, when I told you that I saw the teaser trailer like in theaters a long time ago, I, was, I would never in a million years think this would be a body swap movie. And I, it, was, it caught me off guard and almost like, like, I don't know, it was like a pleasant surprise, you know? But uh, I like your nitpicks of the movie. And like I, did, I just said, that I had no problems with it. I couldn't think of something I didn't like about it. I can, I can agree with those. I think those are legitimate, not gripes, but I think those are legitimate. Just like little the movie. things that, like little things. It, like it would have been to... weird if they somehow did fix it, because then how does the movie happen? But yeah. it's just not like other than that. It's like I'd probably but, okay, have to watch this. And... Do you have any glaring flaws with it? No, I don't think there are any glaring. No, flaws because like there. the animation style is super cool. Like I love the. The Great Before, is that what they call it? Jeremy, you're calling it the Soul World? I think they call it the Great Before. Well, there's the Great Before I, and the Great Beyond, which they open that portal yeah. to at homes every time, and it made me laugh every single time they did yeah. it. <laughs> and I, I love the, uh, I just love the the idea of the Great Before, because like, we always talk about like the afterlife and shit like that, but yeah. we never really truly think about like what were we before all this. And so the idea of the Great Before, I just thought was like a a great idea for like a kid's movie. And I thought they did it really good. And I liked even how they had subtle jokes, like 
oh, you guys will be egotistical. You'll be a narcissist <laughs> or whatever. Them in there, all the negative yeah. like personality traits. Exactly, and I thought that was funny. And like all, like twelve of you will be anxi- anxious all the time, and it's just like, oh shit, yeah, that's that's how it is. But I, I don't know. I, I really liked that aspect. That was the stuff. That was stuff for adults. I feel like though, you yeah, know, like yeah, for sure. And the like the animation side was for the kids, and I, like I, that's why I can't even come up with too many nitpicks because like the places where I would be looking for them, like I think they executed well. Well, I'll give you mine, and it's it's not a glaring problem with the movie by any means, but might fall into the category of nitpick as well as I just I thought they played a little fast and loose with the rules they tried to set up for the great beyond and the great before because I mean the beginning of the movie Joe Gardner has an accident right and he dies which of course classic Pixar right and then someone's got to die in the first five minutes of every Pixar yeah exactly he's on this moving sidewalk going to what seems to be like the afterlife right like he's just He's about 30 seconds away from being no more. And he is is not okay with that. So he starts running the other way and he's passing hundreds and hundreds of other people who died. So first of all, I'm like, all right, is the implication that everyone else who died in that moment is okay with it, is perfectly fine with it. And I'm imagining like if I had a young child, like, and they start asking me questions about this, like that, that I feel like that would lead to some uncomfortable conversations about why this guy's the only one who gets to defy death and fall into the great before and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know, it just it seemed a little loose as far as how freely he was able to travel from the great beyond to the great before, back to Earth, back to the great before, into that kind of like transcendental state that Moonwind was able to get to. Yeah, Moonwind was my other big uh, gripe that he just somehow knows there's an afterlife just because he meditates. Uh, that was that was tough. I thought that was cool. I, I think that no, was a pure comedy cool. aspect. And if you really think about it, it's really dumb. It doesn't make any sense. But like, he was funny. He made me laugh. So I gave it a pass. Yeah, and like like I said, this it didn't ruin the movie for me at all. But I'm like, I was trying to understand the fact that they were able to so freely travel between what were supposedly these you know, different areas that had very specific ways of getting between them. It seemed like for most purposes, uh, Joe and 22 were able to just kind of travel freely between all of them, but they were the only people who could do it. Just had to get in the zone. That's all you had to do. That's true. That's all it takes. Um, the last point I wanted to bring up, mostly directed at you, Ben. Did you make any comparisons to from Soul to La La Land, another movie we reviewed a couple months ago. I'm glad you brought that up because one of my final notes that I had, it's, uh, this is what I wrote in my notes. It's funny how I've seen more movies about jazz than the amount of jazz songs that I know. Because this and La La Land, I know two... Because this, it's not a jazz movie, I suppose, but jazz is the second, like, second major theme, I would say, of this movie. If you like and, jazz, uh, <laughs> you're going to really like this movie. It's a big honestly, for sure. it's like, I honestly, it made me think like, it made me think about La La Land. I'm like, Joe Gardner is basically Sebastian, aka Ryan Gosling from La La Land. And I did draw comparisons. I still like La La Land more than this movie. It's shocker. But uh, no, it was, it was, uh, it's a good question, Jerry, because they are similar in that aspect, how much they love jazz. I just think, uh, La La Land, they'll just always hold a, a different place in my heart. 
I the the reason I wanted to bring it up, obviously, on top of being about jazz and the main character's pursuit of jazz, I thought that the themes that they portrayed, at least as I understood them, I'm not sure that we entirely saw eye to eye on the themes of La La Land, but it, the way I, I perceived the two movies watching them was that La La Land's main theme was you should pursue your goals at all costs, and Soul is basically the reverse side of that, where it's like your self-prescribed purpose in life shouldn't prevent you from living. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, yeah, in La La Land, uh, spoiler, yeah, when they don't end up together, it's like they're proving, like, follow your your career and follow your true loves and life will work itself out. Whereas this one is, like, he follows his true love of jazz the whole time and then at the end he's like, it, it wasn't worth it. But that makes me almost think, like, in La La Land... Uh, we did disagree like in the end i think almost ryan gosling i think they both kind of regretted a little and i think yeah. they wish they would have chosen each other but uh in this so it makes me think in this one maybe he made the right decision because he uh he did not go with jazz in the end yeah i don't know it's just it's 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 a very it's so complex for a kids movie if you really think about it like i mean we're talking about it right now like like the different themes and the different ways you can interpret like his feelings in the movie. It's just, I think that speaks to Pixar and the way they make their movies. And that, I mean, we've mentioned it earlier that like a little kid will watch this movie and enjoy it for the funny jokes and uh, the little cartoon soul characters bouncing around and doing this and that and the cat meowing and the body swap humor. They'll think that's funny. Right. But then here we are as, as mid 20 year olds talking about the deeper themes of this movie and, and what it means to like have an existential crisis and what are you really put on this earth to do? And I just think that is the genius of Pixar movies. And as, uh, I'm a guy that probably misses most Pixar movies. I mean, I see the big ones and I don't think this was a big one. I think this may have been a big one if it came out in theaters, but it didn't. And this is one that's going to get, swept under the rug and not a lot of people are going to know about and I think that's a goddamn shame because it's a really really good movie I think a lot of people saw it is that true do we have any kind of demographics I, I, I don't I have couldn't the numbers tell you but way. I, I think a lot of people saw this movie I'm hope I'm thinking a lot of people saw it just because it came out and it's free right away and it was on Christmas and I'm I'm curious to more so like not not to know like the total numbers I'm just assuming this did this do better than Wonder Woman 1984 yeah, that came out did. on the same day? Okay, because we, we did that movie, and we obviously regretted it, and I regret it now, because this movie's just... It's so much more than that movie ever tried to be. HBO Max is only released in America so far, so they've got a much uh, smaller audience, built-in user base yeah. or whatever, so uh, maybe not entirely a fair comparison, but yes, yeah, Soul did do better than Wonder Woman. It deserving, so fuck you, Deservingly Bob. so. So yeah, fuck me. Sorry. I uh, I basically brought up everything that I wanted to. Do you guys have any uh, kind of closing thoughts or anything else that we didn't get to? I mean, I just I just wanted to add. I just wanted to add. For like, if we wanted to just do Pixar movies right now, quick five, top five off your head, if you could do it, would this make your list? I don't think so. I was actually looking at the list of Pixar films earlier, and there's like a 10-year gap of movies that I didn't see in theaters, and most of them I still haven't gone back and seen. 
Um, but I think I've got too much nostal- nostalgia baked in for a lot of the ones that came out in the late 90s and early 2000s. Damn, dude. That's that's hard to say. I, I feel like... Um, I personally, I feel like I like this movie more than like a Finding Nemo. And Finding Nemo is like a movie that I mention all the time. I feel like Toy Story and Toy Story 2 like are on like the upper echelon of Pixar movies. But fuck, dude, I feel like Soul, I, I like Soul more than Finding Nemo. I won't be able to rank the rest of mine, but I'll just leave it at that. That I think I, I think Soul is probably cracks my top five, maybe yeah, even my we, top three. We, we'd probably have to do like a whole different um, episode or just like a segment of an episode where we talk about this. Just thinking about it, like for some reason, this compares to me with like Up, because, um, and, but it's like the way better version of Up because Up's like first ten minutes, first fifteen minutes are like I think impeccable. I like this more than Up. I think I like this more than Up. Yeah, because yeah, that that movie's like impeccable for the first t- fifteen minutes, and then it just takes you on this ride, and then whereas like Soul, you're kind of on this weird ride too, but it just. I'm more invested in the ride that Soul takes me on than Up. Like, the journey it takes you on, even if it's going back and in between three different, two different worlds and possibly even three. Like, I don't know. I I get a lot more out of this than I do a movie like Up, which is probably, I I, I don't know. I just find a similar. I think this movie is deeper. I think this movie is deeper. Deeper themes, deeper story, deeper characters. I just feel like, I I mean, yeah, I I definitely like Soul more than Up. It's between Soul and Cars 2 for me personally, for my favorite movie of Pixar. All right, any uh, closing thoughts from you, Bob, here? I mean, I feel like I've said it. If you have a Disney Plus login, whether it be yours or somebody you know, and you somehow have not seen this movie yet, or you're even mildly intrigued, check it out, watch it form your own opinion but uh i couldn't recommend this movie oh man if i have to think about it out of all the movies you watch on this podcast in terms of movies that i in terms of movies that i would recommend for anybody to watch this might be number one out of any movie we've done on the podcast honestly i, I feel like this movie is for almost anybody and everybody i just watch it i'm not saying it's my favorite movie of all time i'm just saying i just think it's it, it's a good movie and i think almost anybody will enjoy it yeah, just to piggyback off that, it's it's definitely not like my favorite movie that we've done, but it's it feels like uh, the widest ranging audience for this movie, and like, yeah, I, I would totally recommend this to anyone. And if you've listened to us spoil it, we didn't even spoil it too much. Like, no, not even really. if you listen to it, you, you can still get a lot out of this movie. And I'm excited to actually maybe not watch this again like in the next couple months but when i do sit down and watch it again in like a year or two like it's a movie i will thoroughly enjoy again and i'm glad that uh we decided to pick this movie for the podcast because i i don't know if i would have ended up watching it anytime soon all right i think that'll do it for our review of soul and that'll do it for this episode of the podcast Next week, we're going to be watching the Netflix original Outside the Wire, which, if you're listening to this episode the week it comes out, comes out this Friday, January 15th on Netflix. So if you want to be prepared for next week's review, go ahead and watch that next weekend. Yeah, and go ahead and uh, watch Mulan. If you want to be double prepared, set up a so little double So you can hear feature. Ben's beautiful review of Mulan. <laughs>
because I uh, I lost fair and square, and uh, that's it. That's all I have to say about that. Clean as a whistle. All right. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and remember, your spark is not your purpose. We'll see you next week.